0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms.
1: Admit and acknowledge your own weakness in that overwhelming situation. And you cry out to the Lord, you look to the rock that is higher than you, and you say, Lord, please, I need your strength. And He strengthens you. And he does it in such a way that it is unmistakably him where you recognize that it is his strength by way of the Holy Spirit that is strengthening
0: you supernaturally. Not in the natural, this is in the supernatural. Today, Pastor J.D. teaches us to cry out to God when life becomes too much or our weakness begins to take over. God loves you and he wants to see you grow in his word and his strength. Pastor J.D. wants you to know that God will see you through the storm, but you must admit your need for Him and His saving grace. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 61 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth talking to the Lord. That's all prayer is. It's just talking to Him. And you start the
1: day communing with Him, seeking Him, spending time with Him. And you cannot imagine your day in any other way. And throughout the day, you're, you're constantly, continually talking to the Lord, praying to the Lord. But here, David is in that place where, as one called it, he's not just praying, he's um, crying, and crying has been called liquid prayers. (laughs) And I would suggest to you that crying in prayer is more powerful than any other prayer. It's when words are not possible, where the English language, as faulty as it is, just fails you, for words to express in prayer your heart as you pour it out to the Lord. I always try to liken my relationship with my Heavenly Father to my relationship as an earthly father with my children, especially when they were younger. But I just could not stand to hear my children cry. When they cried, I mean, it just, all sorts of buttons were pushed in my soul. My child is crying. Something's wrong. And I understand this whole notion of not giving in to every whim and desire. But when they're infants, they are completely and totally helpless. They are completely and totally dependent upon you. And so when my children cry, I hearken unto the voice of their cry. How much more my heavenly father hearkens unto the voice of my cry. And this is exactly what is happening here with David. You know, sometimes God may deem it fit to allow the circumstances in our lives to become so overwhelming. So I come to that realization that it's only Him that can help me. It's when I cry out to Him like Jehoshaphat, I don't know what to do. I am so overwhelmed. This thing is so much bigger than I. I don't know what to do, Lord. I need you. I'm crying out unto you. Please help me. I think of Peter when he start sinking. I mean, you got to hand it to the guy, right? Of all the disciples, when he sees Jesus walking on the water in the midst of this storm on the Sea of Galilee. We'll talk about this also in a a little bit. But he starts sinking when he takes his eyes off the Lord. And as he's sinking, he prays a three-word prayer, Lord save me. You know what's encouraging about that? is that God answers three-word prayers. And sometimes that prayer is just a cry, where you're just crying out to the Lord, and the Lord will hearken under the voice of your cry. This actually kind of ties into the second thing to do, which is in verse 2. And it's that of being led, not forced, led to the rock that is higher than I." This is interesting because David is seen as a rock. He's a king. He's high and lifted up. But he's now in a situation where he needs a rock higher than he is. I mean the whole kingdom is looking to him. He's the king. They're all depending upon him. But now He's in a situation that is so overwhelming that he now needs to turn to the rock who is higher than he is. I would suggest that one of the main reasons God will allow overwhelming situations, especially for leaders, dare I say, is so that we don't rely on our own strength. This is a thing, if I can say it that way, and I'll just be very candid when I say it, but, you know, especially for the strong types, (laughs) the strong personalities, you know, the ones, and you know who who I'm talking about, and you know who you are, where you just get in there and you get it done. And you roll up your arm sleeves and your motto is this, if you want a job done right, you do it yourself. And you just get her done, (laughs) so to speak well that can be a certainly an asset but the problem is it can also be a liability I think of the Apostle Paul you want to talk about a strong personality it was the Apostle Paul but yet wasn't it Paul who said when I'm weak then I'm strong wasn't it Paul we're going to get there in Philippians 4 verse 13 one of my favorite verses in all the Bible and you know it well I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How could he say that when I'm weak, then I'm strong? In fact, when I'm weak, that's when I boast in my strength. My strength is not my strength. It's His strength in me. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let me see if I can bring it down a little bit closer to home. Here's how it works. And I'm speaking from my own personal experience. You're so overwhelmed and you're just in this place where you you recognize and readily admit and acknowledge your own weakness in that overwhelming situation. And you cry out to the Lord. You look to the rock that is higher than you. And you say, Lord, please, I need your strength. And he strengthens you. And he does it in such a way that it is unmistakably him where you recognize that it is his strength by way of the Holy Spirit that is strengthening you supernaturally. Not in the natural, this is in the supernatural. And so that at the end it's only him that gets the glory because no flesh is going to glory in his presence. This brings us to the third one, it's in verse 3. And it's remembering that God has been a strong tower and shelter from the enemy. Now, the key word here is remember. And what I mean by that is David is reflecting, remembering all those times in the past that God had protected him from harm and danger and even certain death. And there were many times, I mean, think about this. This is post-Saul. How many times had Saul sought to kill him? I think about the times when he's playing the harp trying to soothe and calm Saul, and Saul in his insanity, I believe, some believe, he was demonically inspired to actually Fire an arrow and try to kill David right there on the spot. Not once, twice. I mean, he had escaped death. So this is post Goliath, by the way. This is post bear and lion whom God had delivered into his hands. David had escaped death so many times. God had protected him so many times. And what is he doing now? He's overwhelmed. And he's reflecting on, remembering all those times that God had protected him in the past. And here's the thing. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If there's anything I'm, I'm learning, I wanted to say I've learned, but I'm still learning. And one of the things that I'm still learning is it is so important when you're in a situation, a perilous situation, a difficult trial, a fiery trial, and you reflect on those times in the past where God got you through that very difficult and painful trial. What, He's not going to do it again? Can you imagine? Here you're crying out to the Lord. You're looking to the rock that is higher than you. (laughs) And what's God's response? You know what? I've delivered you so many times. You're on your own this time really he's gonna do that I assure you he is not I think this is one of the most important things that we can do are not we promised throughout scripture that God will never leave us he will never abandon us he will never forsake us because of his love for us I almost want to say it this way it's impossible. It's not possible. He cannot. It is impossible for Him to not deliver us from peril, from difficulty. He is our strong tower. He is our rock. He is our shelter. And He will never abandon us. This fourth one is a biggie. It's in verse 4 and it's that of drawing closer to God and also to God's people. And it's where David says that he's going to go into the tabernacle, and he refers to this place, this tabernacle, this sanctuary as his shelter. This is a biggie because this is one of the biggest mistakes we make. We're going through a difficult time. Life is overwhelming. The circumstances in our life are just overwhelming. And what do we do? We pull away from God. And then we also pull away from God's people. And to do this is to play into Satan's hands. This is exactly what he intends for you to do. That is his whole strategy. And it changes, by the way, Before you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, Satan will do everything he can to keep you from coming to Jesus Christ. But once you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, he he shifts strategies. He kind of regroups, and now his strategy is to distance you from Jesus Christ. And he'll do everything he can. And so when hardship comes, he wants to use that as an opportunity to get you to pull away from God and God's people. And I think about what James says, draw near to the Lord and He in turn will draw near to you. See here's the thing, God will never force Himself on us. He has given us sovereignty over our own will. We make our own Decisions. Now, does God know what decision we're going to make? Absolutely. He's all-knowing. He's omniscient. He knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. But here's the problem. We have that sovereignty to make our own decisions. And the worst decision we can make when in a difficult situation is to pull away from the Lord. That's the one time when you need to draw closest to the Lord like never before, is when you're in a difficult situation. This next one, this fifth one, in verse 5, is very interesting, and for a number of reasons. Chiefly because it speaks to our rich inheritance in Christ. What, What does that mean? Well, notice that David is speaking of a recommitment of sorts. He's talking about how God has heard his vows, how God has given him this rich heritage. By the way, this is something that the enemy also succeeds at, and unnecessarily so. He gets our mind on our difficulty and off of our heritage, our inheritance. Would you agree with me that Satan will always try to get our eyes off the blessings of God, and get our eyes on the problems in life? And the the more we look at our problems, the bigger they get, and the smaller our God becomes. And conversely, when (laughs) we look at our circumstances through the lens of our God, then our circumstances become small. That difficulty becomes small and our God becomes big. And it requires that we set our mind on things above. I was uh, driving from um, Los Angeles to San Diego. Listen, you haven't lived until you've driven from Los Angeles to San Diego. Uh, quite an experience. I would like to stand before you and say that my sanctification did not flee from me, but it did. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, you want to, you know, you, you pray, God, make me a man of prayer. Okay, I'm going to put you in traffic between Los Angeles and San Diego. You, you'll learn to pray real fast. Nine lanes, bumper to bumper, anyway i'm i'm trying to <laughs> regroup here as i try to share this illustration i'm in traffic and i'm i'm just talking to the lord lord would you just surround this car with your heavenly host i mean just you know of course I'm praying for travel mercies and travel safety, but I was very specific. So I'm, I'm picturing this camera in heaven, and how God is now dispatching His heavenly host, and He's assigning it to the quadrants at the exact location. And so I'm picturing God, you know, zooming in On California. And then he's zooming into I-5. And there he is. And there's the car, the rental car. And he's got his son in there. And so you just, I mean, I want you to put angels around that. And here's what the Lord ministered to me. God is very big. And the earth is very small. The next time you need a perspective on how small the earth is and all that is in it, just go to one of those YouTube videos that tells you how many earths fit in the sun, and then how our universe is just, I mean a microscopic, you can't even see it compared to the other universes. And then all of those universes, I mean, it is just, you cannot cannot even get your mind around it. And wait a minute, the God I serve, the God that loves me created all of that, and He's not going to help me in traffic on this nine-lane freeway in Southern California? Are you kidding me? There's nothing too hard for the Lord. But see, the enemy is all about trying to get our mind on how big the problem is. Well, oh really? Yeah, the problem is big. But let's just put it into perspective. My God is way more bigger. Way bigger. This is nothing. This is nothing. Now think about what Paul wrote. So the Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4 he says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And then he says this, listen, verse 2. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. And the Proverbs say, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And sometimes I think that we think too earthly, and we don't think heavenly enough because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So set your mind on things above. Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 through 8, the Apostle Paul writes this, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart's and minds through Christ Jesus. And then he says this, finally brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, Meditate on these things. I'm not going to think about the earthly, overwhelming problem and situation that plagues my life currently. I'm going to think about my God, who is the creator of the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is. He's got this. He's got this. I'm going to set my mind on, on heavenly things on my Heavenly Father. This sixth one in verse 6 is one that the Lord has to continually remind me of, and it's that God is going to get me through it. God will see me through that overwhelming situation, and not only will He see me through it, He'll have the final word on it. This ain't over yet. (laughs) You know that, that saying, it ain't over till it's over? Well, it ain't over yet. And God's going to get me through to the other side. Again, I think of the disciples on the Sea of Galilee. you got to know that they thought for sure that this is how it ends. (laughs) And here's the thing. The Lord told them to get in the boat, and He would meet them on the other side. You know what that means? That means that God knew that they were going to encounter this life and death storm on the Sea of Galilee. Here they are right smack in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, and they're in this life and death storm, yet they are right in the middle of God's will. Now why do I point that out? Because one of the things that we do err greatly in doing is we think that adversity means we're not in God's will.
0: There's a lot to learn from the book of Psalms and we're so glad you've joined us to sift through it all with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. The range of emotions expressed in the pages we've been studying give us an accurate and beautiful picture of our Heavenly Father, the Almighty and loving Creator of the world. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to share how you can access more of these messages right now. Simply visit inspiritandtruthradio.com and click on listen to search through our archive of Pastor JD's teachings. You can even take these messages with you on the go with our mobile app. Find a link to our app on our website or search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store. This will provide you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and access to the latest editions of Pastor JD's Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into an eternal perspective. These midis prophecy updates are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, which you can access through our website. Again that address is in spiritintruthradio.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to God's word today. We pray it's blessed and encouraged you greatly. Pastor JD will continue studying through the book of Psalms when you join us next time right here on in spirit and truth.